Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. May the 4th be with you. It is May 4th. How you guys doing? My man, Kenny, and my girl, Tam. What's happening, you guys? We missed you. It's so crazy. I was like, was that last week that Renee wasn't here? And that he just graced us with his predictions all the way from Arizona? (laughs) But then I was like, maybe that was two weeks ago. But then I was like, no, we had Mr. Mahiri on the podcast, stirring it up. And I really (laughs) want to say stirring shit up. I'll just bleep it out. (laughs) So what it do, Renee? What it do? How was your week? We missed you. Yeah, you know, I have to say that I I really do miss being, I I always miss being on the podcast live with you guys. And um, the thing is, Tam and Kenny, and and uh, our and to our listeners, you know, the one great thing about what is happening in the world is that it's starting to open up a little bit, and we're starting to get out and do things. So what what that means is basically the comedy clubs are opening up, and I'm starting to get back on stage. And don't get me wrong, I'm a little rusty. Yeah, we're all rusty, but uh, it's just good to be back out uh, doing shows again in front of a live audience. And, um, it's a feeling I haven't felt in a long time, but, uh, uh, so I certainly apologize for missing out on a couple of episodes already this year, but, uh, it's good to be back, uh, at least this week, uh, for this particular episode. Well, Renee, we missed you and just know that it happens, life happens, and I'm glad that you are back on stage doing what makes you happy. And Kenny, I am glad that you went to Kansas because I have not been to a race all year. I haven't been to a race since early last year. We all know why, but yeah, Kitty, how was your weekend at Kansas? And what was it like sitting in the stands? And because when you sent the photos and posted them to our Twitter account and shout out to our Twitter account, if you aren't following, it's Turns No Breaks on Twitter and Instagram. Those photos were from the other side of the gate. So tell us a little bit about your experience at Kansas before we hop into some NASCAR talk for next week. (laughs) Well, this weekend, I don't know. Okay, (laughs) you got it. Good. (laughs) Oh Well, this weekend was pretty, pretty cool. I talked about this one time on the podcast before that a lot of folks in the industry talk about Kansas City being a pretty good destination. And you know what? I agree. Honestly, I agree. I think that place is built to perfection. So for those that don't know, Kansas itself was built in 2001 or opened in 2001. And it's been on the schedule since then. So 20 plus years now, which is crazy to say. Um, And with that being said, there was nothing else there at first. Like where I I was at this time around, if it was 2001, there'd be nothing else there but the racetrack. However, In Kansas City, the community itself actually took upon themselves to build around the track, and it's in a genius format. Mind you, there's also a casino, Hollywood Casinos, that is attached right outside of turn four, three, and four. So, yeah, you got a casino on the property right there. You have hotels. If you got kids, Great Wolf Lodge is also right there. So you got a water park and a nice hotel. 
to boot. Um, plenty of places to eat. Like, I mean, an ample amount of places to eat. If you're a camper, guess what? There's a big Walmart there. There's a big Target. You got all that stuff right there in your wheelhouse. And I got to say, it's perfectly built. Like, that is the genius plan. If someone is to build a racetrack within the next five years, for example, anywhere, it doesn't matter where it's at, make the track and build around it and make it perfect. I think that is ideal, especially for someone who's coming out of town and you want to get to everything easy. It was perfect. Like, it, it, it gets literally perfect. But as far as the facility itself, it is well, well kept. I will definitely say that for a person who does social, it was easy to navigate from the press box to downstairs where the grandstands are. So I was in the bubble side of the grandstands and the press box instead of being on the infield. Cause normally on a weekend, I'm on both sides and I try and work my way around. Um, but due to obviously restrictions and everything, that whole dynamic changed. So I wasn't able to be down there that much. Now, the only time I had infield access was when I got the end of the night picture. If you check Kansas Speedway, check out the Twitter page. That last picture I put up at the end of that night, I was on track. I literally drove on the track, which was really dope, or at least the apron of the track, so to speak. But it was cool. It was a real cool experience. I felt like I had all the access I could have ever needed. The good folks at Kansas hooked me up. Um, I had all the access. And actually, one of those pictures that I sent you from the morning time was actually way, way up top on the roof. I don't know if people noticed that, but that's how that's how much access I was able to have. And I was glad to have it because it was able to, it was made me work the content well. Same thing with the Kyle Bush deal. I was able to get down and get that up and close and personal. One of my favorite videos by far that I have ever captured, because that's one moment I think is really cool that's being done. And I guess you could say a tradition. So I was able to get that and had a good time. My flight was good both, both ways. But yeah, I can't wait to go back in October. It's going to be a little colder, but still, it was a great weekend overall. Yeah, Kenny, I'm going to say this. You know, the fact that you said it was easy to get around or navigate, I should say, that that really means a lot. And Tim, you know this, we, we've been, uh, well, you've been to a lot of uh, racetracks yourself. And it, there's nothing better than at least having uh, or being at a track that's easy to navigate because sometimes you don't know where you're going. Where's this? Where's that? I mean, it, it, it's too much to go over there and too much to come back. Oh, it's a headache. So that's actually encouraging that you said that, uh, Kenny. So I'm, I'm actually, you got me hyped up to go to Kansas. Yeah. You got to go. I'm actually, telling you. He's, he said something, you know, we're familiar with, which is casino. And we're familiar because obviously there's Las Vegas. That's only a hop, skip, and a jump from where mm-hmm. both Renee and I are. And let's face it, Las Vegas is actually Renee's second home. He's just been taking a break and living in his vacation home until we get back to normal. But <laughs> one thing you mentioned, and we're going to jump into the top 10 in a bit, but you mentioned Cal Bush. I heard, and I'm sure everybody else heard because we saw it on the Twitter and the Instagram, but Kyle Bush had his own mariachi band at the airport waiting for him. Now, let me <laughs> ask you this. How far is the airport? Well, I'm assuming they were at a private airport, but how far is the actual Kansas City airport from the track? The one you flew out of, like the regular people airport. <laughs> <laughs> About like 20 minutes away. It's a easy drive. It's like a straight shot too. Oh, that's not bad. I, I think of how close the airport is in Bristol, I believe. 
if I'm not mistaken. Look, now my memory, I had it all. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about these airports, but Bristol was not too far. And Watkins Glen isn't too far. And of course, we all know Daytona Airport is literally like right in the back of the track which I think is genius. But unfortunately, whenever I go to Daytona, at least as of the last couple of times I've been to Daytona, I've actually flown in and out of Orlando, which is 45, 50 minutes up the highway or so. But one last thing about getting around the track, most of the bigger tracks, I the first time that I went to those tracks, I had access to a golf cart. So I spent my time driving around the tracks on a golf cart. And so when I went back to the track the second time, I was familiar with the layout. So for any of our listeners who have been to Daytona, and if you've had the privilege of being in the infield or getting around Daytona, Daytona is actually really huge. And same thing with Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean, hell, for the Indy 500, they have a whole EDM concert on the other side in back of the track. Well, technically, maybe that could be considered in front of the track. But yeah, so Indianapolis is huge, but I'm I'm pretty versed with most of the bigger tracks in terms of getting around. But that's neither here or there. So Tam's weekend. What did I do? Oh, actually, I went shopping. I don't know. I, I need a retail therapy. That's unlike me. I think the pandemic has had has had a hold of me and I need to get out. So as I was just telling my my boys, my guys, and I'll tell you listeners, summertime, I'm about to hit it. Double masked up, I'm about to hit it. <laughs> Uh-oh, she's going out. I'm going out. So you Cue the Donna hear, Summer song. <laughs> yes. You will hear me and Renee talking about our adventures at these EDM concerts very soon. Very soon. So on that note, let's jump into our top 10 from Kansas and talk about some pressing and not so pressing things that are happening in NASCAR. And then we will end with our predictions. So Kenny will do the honors of giving you the top 10 from Kansas. There you have it. Yeah. So Kansas was a pretty good I will say that the Bushy McBush Race 400 was won by Kyle Busch. And just in case you don't know, and it was also his birthday. And he also won on Saturday in the truck race. So I think he had himself a pretty solid birthday, if I do say so myself. Um, But obviously, Kyle Busch won. Kevin Harvey came second in the Bush car. So that's interesting. Brad Keselowski came home in third. Matt DiBenedetto, really solid outing for him, came home in fourth. Chase Elliott, your 2018 winner. Came home in fifth. Martin Truex Jr., also a multi-time winner at Kansas, came home in sixth. Tyler Reddick finished in seventh, which I believe best his first race ever at Kansas when I think he came home in ninth place. So a solid top 10 for RCR. A place was Chris Busher, who was in a really good spot. And that team has figured out the half mile stuff. I'm, at least that's what I'm starting to see out of that 17 team. And the ninth place was William Byron. He had an okay day. He was very quiet, but that 10th place was pretty quiet, I got to say. And of course, rounding out the top 10 was Austin Dillon. That's Tam's guy. She defends him all the time. Not like some other NASCAR fans, but yeah, he came home and he came home in 10th to round it out. So to talk about the notables, I got to say, 
In 12th, another person that Tam favors quite a bit, and that's Denny Hamlin. So if you did watch the race live this weekend, unfortunately in the last stage, he was pushing it just a tad bit too hard, smacked the outside wall, and that pretty much pancaked the inside of the outside of that car. That was all she wrote for him. It didn't really bode too well for him. So a 12th place finish isn't too, too bad for him, but he definitely was in contention to win it at one point. But his other Joe Gibbs teammate, Managed to get that done. Another notable. Got to go with Daniel Suarez, who came in 11th. Quietly and very, very quietly so. Trackhouse is starting to bode well, and there's going to start picking it up. I think, again, we talked about this one episode about 23XI and Trackhouse. It's that they have to continue to build on this momentum for this year and learn the team and get themselves accoladed. And, you know, maybe next year that snow that snowball effect will continue to happen for them as they get better and better. So. You know, it takes quite a bit to get yourself together as a race team. It is not easy whatsoever. But another notable, got to go with Ryan Blaney, who was in contention on the last, on the believe, on the last restart. He got washed up, um, (laughs) was not having fun, according to social media. He was not having fun with that happening. But he had a good car for most of the day. But unfortunately, the most of the day didn't really show on the leaderboard, finishing 21st. But yeah, I think those were pretty much the notables but I think from what I saw at Kansas from the, at least the gist of what I was able to watch as as the race went on was tires was the story of the day it was a pretty warm day I will say shout out to the Kansas City wind that I did not know about till I got to Kansas City is that it is windy so 81 degrees doesn't feel so bad when you've got a lot of wind and it was a it felt like a, a true cool spring day that's what you got out of that so now, the wind feels good to me, but it also has a problem for the drivers. When the racetrack is windy, that does make a difference in how you take your line and how you race your how you race your car all, all day long. Of course, the windier it is, the worse it is, especially when your car is loose and you're trying to turn your car. It does not help you at all. But the heat factor, the tires were burnt up, and I think the Kansas pavement has aged better than most over the last couple of years. And I think that also... It, you know, is an attrition to the fact that they get very, very harsh winters. I mean, it snowed a couple times. I think it actually snowed just a couple weeks before the race. So, you know, take that for what you will going into a race in May. You have that happen. That surface is going to constantly get worn out. The more snow, the more, the more of that happen, the colder it is, the worse it gets, the more it tears up the roads. If you're from the north, you should know. When it snows and all that salt and trying to get everything off the road, it just tears up the roads. It ruins everything. So when that happened at Kansas, it has continued. And I think drivers are going to continue to like that track much like they like in Atlanta, where they don't want the surface to be repaved. And I can understand because that makes for great racing. The same thing with it being in the daytime versus it being in the nighttime like it's been historically for the past couple of years. So, yeah, I thought we got a pretty solid race. Kyle Busch finally got himself a win he is the tenth winner this tenth different winner so far this season. So we've got ten in, which means there's only six in six weeks. We could possibly have sixteen different winners, and I think that's going to either tie with two thousand one and two thousand three, if I'm not mistaken. So we're looking at something historic. Don't quote me on the second year. I know 01 is definitely one of them. That was one of the most competitive years and sad at the same time. But yeah, that's kind of my synopsis of Kansas. I want to see what you guys are thinking. Tam, Renee, whoever wants to go first. I always say ladies first, but, you know, do what y'all do. Absolutely, Tam. I'll step in and just tell you, honestly, 
five minutes ago when you mentioned Denny Hamlin's name, I started shaking my head and I went in deep thought and everything after that was somewhat of a blurb. I was like, what is the problem with Denny Hamlin? (laughs) Again, I I was listening to you, but I'm not going to lie. I definitely zoned out for a hot second thinking about Denny Hamlin. I don't know what the hell is going on with Denny Hamlin. Because every week, it's like you feel like Denny, Denny. Then you're like, ah, Denny. And I will say this about Kyle Bush. We posted it on our Twitter account. Kyle Bush said, thank you very much to Larson and Blaney. Because that little mix-up, well, I guess you can't say it was a mix-up. But for lack of a better term, their little touch and bump allowed Kyle Bush to win. And Harvick, I was like, where did Harvick come from? Yeah. But kudos to him. Yeah. And you know what, Tim? I, I'm, I'm going to keep saying this until it changes. But, you know, uh, and, and I I, to- I totally understand what you're talking about when you're coming from Denny Hamlin's point of view. But like, again, like I said on a previous podcast, you know, I mean, if he looks at it, it could be worse. He, he could be racing like Kevin Harvick. So I'd feel good if I was Denny Hamlin, if I was him. He's first in points. I don't know if y'all know, but he has the most points out of anybody right now. Oh, I, His I, yeah, I believe gap it. I is believe huge compared to, um, I believe, his second place, I believe, is Martin Truex. And that gap is like almost 100 points of a difference. So Right. And Martin Truex has won two races, right? Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. Yeah, Denny has been consistent, but like there's still <laughs> problems like all in between it. Because I thought about Tam as soon as he hit the wall. I was like, I know Tam is probably heated because I saw it happen. I'm like, ah, that's going to do it for him. That did it for him. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Yeah, it's, just such, it's such a disappointment, but I am going to stand by. I almost said I'm going to stand by my man, but that wouldn't be appropriate. I'm going to stand <laughs> with that guy. How about that? I cleaned it up just a little bit. So, yeah. So we talked about Kurt surprising Cal at the airport for his birthday. That was funny. I watched all the videos on that. And in terms of driver standings, you just kind of touched on the fact that Denny Hamlin is leading the points. But if we keep having all these winners and he's not one of them, he's going to be asked out. <laughs> That's so crazy to think like that is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine like that if that would actually it, it could happen. It literally could the the way this whole season has already been going, it could literally possibly happen. That 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 would have to be the first time that this has happened, right? Yeah, I think this this would end up being the first time he doesn't make the playoffs. I think if he doesn't make it, but it's been an exciting season so far. I mean, we're talking about 10 winners in 11 weeks time. Like last year, we were looking at Harvick and Denny, and then you know everybody else is like kind of in the mix, but we have a set of winners already, ten of them. So that's kind of crazy, but we might eclipse that sixteen. I think it's definitely possible. It's looking more and more possible each and every week. Kenny, really quick, can you give us a list of the winners? So the ten drivers who have actually won a race. Yeah, sure. I can give you guys all the winners that we've had so far this year in just one month. So we got Martin Truex, who has two wins already this season. William Byron has one. Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, 
Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, now Kyle Busch, which is amazing for him, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, which sounds crazy in hindsight, and Alex Bowman. I also want to point out something for Kyle Busch real quick. This is an insane stat that I don't think people are talking about too much, but I think in 18 seasons straight, he has had at least one win. Like, that is crazy. He's only 36 years old, by the way. Happy birthday again. But yeah, he has figured something out, clearly, but... I'm glad he got a win early because I think he really needed that confidence booster after waiting till pretty much November last year to get a win. Yeah, not only has he had a win in every season, but let's not forget he is also the only driver to have won at every track. Well, I guess technically because the Roval. Well, we got Coda. In Nashville now, so and Road America, so you got a couple more. Uh, well, up oh, yeah. until that, <laughs> you got a couple. You got a couple more to add to it now. Every time he does it, it seems like we get new get new stuff. So uh, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead and win again. <laughs> yeah. So we shall see. And there was something else I was gonna say. Oh, Junior. Oh yeah. Junior is coming back. Yeah, he wants to. Uh, I think he's going to race over at Richmond in September for nine eleven. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that or read that, but uh, actually, I think that's actually really kind of cool. Now, it's only going to be in the Xfinity uh, uh, series race. Am, am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, and what I think is also cool because I was reading up on that, you guys, and um, like his paint scheme is going to be, you know, really dedicated to uh, to the nine eleven. Uh, incident that that happened years ago, and I, man, I can't believe it's like I think I think it's already twenty twenty years already since it happened, which is mind boggling because it, we talk about it almost every year. It comes up, and you 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 have these these specials that come out on TV, YouTube as a reminder, and uh, you almost kind of forget that it was uh, twenty years ago. But um, you know, in the spirit of the remembrance, uh, his paint scheme, you know, is going to have a nine eleven memorial and museums uh, tribute on the car. And uh, which I think is really kind of cool. So, uh, and I think uh, what I was reading that uh, there's going to be a little insignia with the words "Never Forget" on the car, and uh, it should be something else to see, you guys. So, uh, definitely want to catch that. Well, while we're on the topic of paint schemes, Darlington drivers have been posting our teams, I should say. Well, teams and drivers have been posting their throwbacks. Any particular throwback catch your eye? Yeah, most definitely. I would 100%. So I'm going to go out of order in this sense. Um, Junior Motorsports, as we just talk about Dale Jr., I feel like they have some of the best ones in the Xfinity series, no doubt. So the eight car is going to be Josh Berry, and he's actually going to throw it back to, as we talk about 2001, is to the Daytona um, July race, the Pepsi 400 that Dale Jr. won. They're going to throw back to that paint scheme, which is a really cool one. I actually have a die cast of it um, <laughs> somewhere in here. But either way, that's a really good one. Michael Lynette, again, out of the JRM stable, has a throwback Gatorade car, which goes back to Michael Waltrip's 1979 car. That one looks amazing. I mean, the detail they went into that one is out of this world. And I think anybody who is a super NASCAR fan will appreciate it greatly. Like It's, it's a really, really sharp looking car. Um, another one for me goes to Richard Petty Motorsports. Actually, they're throwing it back to a tr- as a tribute to John Andretti, the late John Andretti. They're throwing it back to the 1999 scheme, which if you guys don't know, 1999 was when they got that win at Martinsville. So that paint scheme is pretty special to them. Um, donning that STP 
um, day glow orange and blue, and it's going to look really, really sharp. I can't wait to see that car back on track. And then also, by default, this has got to be one of my favorites. Bubba Wallace is going to do a Wendell Scott theme um, paint scheme. Yeah. So that's going to yeah, be real I saw cool. That one. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Um, shout out to Shanique because the Wendell Scott Foundation is going to have a logo on that car as well. So that's pretty dope um, to see that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to throwback weekend, even though it is Mother's Day weekend instead of the traditional Labor Day that I'm used to. I have to keep reminding myself that throwback weekend is this weekend. But yeah, those are some of my favorites so far that I've seen. Yeah, I got to back you up in, in, uh, on that. Oh man, that, that Gatorade scheme. God, man, that just looks, ooh, man, that looks, that. <laughs> they did man, good. They, they did really good. I mean, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I mean, I know it's just Gatorade, but if you understand, like, you know, what the scheme is from, that, and that 1979, man, that, that is, uh, that is really nice. That, that scheme is really, really nice. Waltrip should hey, be question. very proud. <laughs> yeah. Question for you, either one of you. What scheme? Are the Wood Brothers running? You know what? I don't think they've dropped theirs yet, as a matter of fact, if I am not mistaken, because I don't think I've seen it yet. Um, no, they haven't, I don't think. No, I don't they think may so. drop it this week, which a lot of teams have started to release them. There are a couple more that came out today, so I'm assuming theirs is on the way. I don't know what they're going to do, but they usually do a pretty good job. And... I guess this is not really a great segue, but I'm going to make it a segue. Since we're talking about paint schemes and cars, next gen. So I did see that there's some news about that. As you guys know, that was delayed because of that damn COVID-19. But we are preparing for the rollout. It's already been unveiled. So any comments on that so tomorrow they will roll those out officially yeah at three o'clock eastern if you guys are well i mean when i say unveil i know it's not officially unveiled but we know that it's coming so i guess i should not have used the word unveiled but we know oh (laughs) so i guess you guys will hear this podcast on wednesday but i'm not quite sure if you guys will hear it before the live stream or after the live stream, but yeah, Kenny, go ahead talk about the live stream. Yeah, so since I I completely botched that whole little segue from nah, the beginning, nah, nah. I already told you guys I was gonna botch it, and then I botched it even more. <laughs> but go ahead. Hey, well, I guess that's one way to speak something into existence. But <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're listening to this on Wednesday um, morning, but yeah, it'll. They'll drop at three Eastern, three PM Eastern, so you'll get a chance to see all the new cars. You know, the manufacturers obviously are Toyota, Ford, and Chevrolet. There is no current word that there will be a new manufacturer. I'm assuming that's going to take like maybe I'm going to guess and say like another two years um, for when the new engine comes out. I think that's when you may see a new manufacturer dip into the sport. Don't know who. I've heard different things. A lot of people have heard different things. Um, but yeah. I'm excited for it. And then also this actually broke as we got on the podcast um, on the pro invitational on Wednesday, the drivers will actually be driving the next gen in iRacing. So that's going to be pretty cool. It will be at Darlington as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that's modeled because obviously iRacing, if you guys don't know, their cars are down to the scale. So when they scan them, 
they are try they try to get them true to life as possible and they do a really good job and it's the same way with the track so just an example if Kansas was scanned today all the bumps and everything that the drivers are feeling you're going to feel the same exact thing that laser scan technology is insane and it has gotten better and better over the years so yeah it's going to be pretty cool i'm sure a lot of people are really excited about it and i know i said this last year that last year was supposed to be a lame duck year as we get ready to get into the new car, we decided to skip that one more year. So we ended up getting this year, which has been absolutely the opposite of a lame duck. And it's been pretty crazy. Um, but next year should be even crazier given we're going to have a brand new car for these teams to try and start figuring out. So I am super excited for it and it should be pretty cool. Well, I think we're all excited and I'm sure most of us that are listening are going to tune in for the Pro Invitational. One last thing. I keep saying one last thing, but this is truly why I have two last things. I want to give a shout out to Raja because he got his third win. Yes, indeed. Shout out to him. That's Kenny's friend. So I will let him do the honors of talking (laughs) just a little bit about Raja. (laughs) Yeah, man. Shout out to the young Winston-Salem State Ram. Shout out to him. So big win for him. He was racing at Tri-County Motor Speedway. I believe that's the name of the track. I know Tri-County is the first part. But either way, he got himself another win in a late model. So that is three on the year because he got two a couple weeks back. And that's his third win of the year. He's doing pretty good. And make sure you guys check him out on ARCA. He's going to be racing this weekend at the legendary Nashville Fairgrounds. So that'll be real cool. Um, Definitely good luck to you, young man. You should do well. I'm glad you got that W this weekend. It's crazy because every time I travel and go somewhere, he always gets a win. It's so crazy because the one time I saw him almost win, unfortunately, the car just kind of gave way at the end of the race, but it's so wild. So I hope <laughs> that you get a win this weekend in Nashville. I'm not traveling to Nashville. I am obviously not going anywhere at this point, but yeah. So good luck to him this weekend and hope he uh, does well in the ARCA car. Good luck, Roger. Okay. So my second and last thing before we move into some predictions and wrap up this show is... You already knew that you weren't going to get a whole episode without us giving a shout out to our peoples over on the Clubhouse app. If you're not on the Clubhouse Mm -hmm. app, look for us, search for us, get with us, follow us, join in with us as we talk all things NASCAR. We talk all things motorsport from IndyCar to Formula One, but we actually have a specific room where we speak only about the sport that we all love, which is NASCAR. And that room, our club, because I always interchange the word room and club, but the club is called NASCAR Talk. We are the NASCAR Talk with the black and white yellow, the black and white tire mark. I said yellow, but the black and white tire mark. And we host a room every Wednesday that is called NASCAR Talk. We also host a room on Mondays in another club called the Black Interest in Motorsport club and that room is also called nascar talk that room we specifically highlight someone from nascar and next up we are talking to brandon thompson who is the vice president of diversity and inclusion and if you don't know anything about brandon i don't care if you're down with (laughs) diversity or if you're not down with diversity google brandon thompson NASCAR executive and really learn about his whole history, 
how he came into NASCAR through the internship program and went on to become the NASCAR Touring Series Managing Director. And he had a stop at Rev Racing. He's had a whole bunch of jobs at NASCAR, but now he is running things over in the diversity department. So yeah, without further ado, it is time for some predictions. It's time for race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right, so we are at Richmond. Here we go. You know, if there's anybody else this year that could probably pull a back-to-back besides Martin Truex, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch to come right back and do it again. I think he's um going to come back and uh maybe prove a point and say, hey, listen, you know what? Us older guys, we still got it and we're going to uh, prove it. And uh Kyle Busch is going to come back out, win another one here next week here in, uh, um, in Richmond. And my alternative pick, Oh boy, this is, this almost pains me just to even say this, but I'm going to go with the guy because I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but my alternative pick is going to be Kevin Harvick. Believe it or not, Kyle Busch is my, my pick to win it, but my alternative pick is Kevin Harvick. I don't know why, but that's just, those are my picks and I'm sticking to them. What do you say, Kenny? <laughs> Yo, that's, that's crazy. Um. <laughs> Yeah, Darlington, one of my favorite tracks on the NASCAR schedule, a historic track that I believe they are 72 years old or however it is. It's somewhere in the 70s. I can't tell you off the top of my head. I usually can, but I can't this time. Either way, that track is great. A unique egg-shaped track for if you are a new NASCAR fan this year. But yeah, I'm actually going to go with Denny Hamlin, who has won a Southern, uh, not a Southern 500. He has won a Southern 500, but I'm going to go with him because he has won at Darlington in the past. He's got a pretty cool, pretty cool paint scheme, I got to say. I actually like his paint scheme quite a bit. So that is going to be my main pick rolling in. And then for my alternative pick, I am actually going to go with Chase Elliott, believe it or not. He came close to winning at Darlington. Obviously, that fell a little short. And he gave my man, I believe, Kyle Busch the bird last year in the summer. So... Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I think he'll do well there. And obviously, he is winless as well. And obviously, your 2020 champion is probably looking for a win and looking for a way to get himself back into the playoffs again and also go hunt for that championship. So with that being said, those are my picks. I'm sticking to them. What say you, Miss Tam? Miss Tam Bam is going with Denny Hamlin for the win. And my alternative (laughs) pick is Kevin Harvick, keeping it super simple. There you go. Well, those are our picks. What say you, fans of Alternative No Breaks? Let us know who you think is going to win. If you have an alternative pick, let us know who it is as well. Hit us up on our social media across the board. That's at Turns No Breaks across the board. That is at Turns No Breaks. We always appreciate you listening in. If you know anybody else who loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, please turn them on to Alternative No Breaks. I guarantee you they'll love the podcast. As always, be kind and be safe and take care of yourselves out there. For Tam, my man Kenny, and for myself, we'll see you again next week on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. And may the fourth be with you. <laughs> I ain't even know Star Wars cat like that, but uh, yeah, may the fourth be with you. I, I'll see y'all later. Y'all take it easy. <laughs> I'm going to say something before I say bye-bye. Everybody knows let the fourth be with them. <laughs> It's not. You don't have to be a fan to be down with that. Yeah. Bye-bye.
Thanks so much for tuning in. 